0: Hello and welcome back to the Post Twenty Podcast. My name is Evan. I am joined, as always, by my trusty co-host Matt. What's going on this week?
1: Took a little vacation last week at work. It wasn't the best, but got a lot of high energy today for the show. Very excited about the show today. Yeah, Uh, we got we got a lot of games to touch on. We might brush over a couple that due to no implications in the league table for European spots. Uh, There's there's a few that involved relegation teams being confirmed but other than that uh really excited for the show and earlier today we finished a round of golf with me evan and my brother and dad that was nice yeah it was perfect weather we couldn't have asked for anything better um the course we were playing at we're just packing morning groups up one after another so for a little while there we had people right up behind us but eventually it, it it loosened up but it, it was overall today was a very nice day
0: it was a fantastic day i i am a big um i i don't know how, what i was going to say, but I get very frustrated if somebody's playing up my ass and if they call the marshal on me, it really pisses me off because i am not a i'm not a slow golfer i'm a very i'm a fast golfer i mean compared to some of the fucking slow bastards that I get stuck behind out there, I am lightning quick if I'm playing alone, I can be done if I got nobody ahead of me. Even if there is somebody ahead of me, I can finish 18 in an hour and a half or 2 hours. Like uh, I am a quick, very fast golfer. And when some when I have to call the marshal, I mean I do it begrudgingly because I hate rushing people, but yeah. the marshal will tell me they're they're playing as fast as they can. But when the marshal gets called on me, which is extraordinarily rare, they come out and say, "Oh, can you pick up the pace?" Dog, I can't pick up the pace. we can't pick up the pace. We're in a foursome. We're each taking a practice swing, maybe two practice swings if we don't like our lie. That's it that I mean, come on, dude, how much faster are we gonna play? There was three women behind us, old women, I'm sure they were members. um just just such a fucking pain in the ass and and they rattled us a little bit. I think at the beginning um that hole where where he popped up. I was in the water like as soon as I saw that marshal see ya. everything goes out of my head i mean i was i was probably only like three or four over but at that point and then i had a really tough stretch of holes because because it was women but we figured it out we had a great time it was a nice um post-20 bonding experience or something like that team team building exercise it
1: was a it was great it was a great day off work just to yeah. chill out hang out with the boys and hit some clubs the only thing we were missing was the beer
0: yeah true it was a little early we went out we started at nine twenty, so it was yeah. a touch early for beers but uh yeah.
1: i, I would have been screwed dude i had nothing but two pop tarts in the tank
0: yeah you would have been hammered after three or four because you don't you don't really drink that much anymore right
1: uh i can't say it now like I, I, the last week i went out like three four nights not like crazy i'd like yeah. drink six seven beers but like i can handle a little bit i i'm, I'm just talking when i explain like to people like i can't drink like like an absolute freshman in college, like just slamming beer after beer after beer, like in an hour drinking like 12 to 16. Yeah. Like I can't do that anymore. Like I can handle five, six beers throughout the, throughout the night, like yeah, in intervals. I'm not like slamming them down. Like how people nowadays do They'll get like either white claws, they'll shock on those or like, oh. they'll just slam shots or whatever. Like I can't do that. I just chill out with the beer. I'm just like the old school guy. Yeah, bottle of beer is good for me. Yeah. Nothing special.
0: Yeah, I don't even know what what a alcoholic beverage would do to me now. I mean, I th- I think I'm, I don't think I've had booze in like, I mean, I got to be coming up on like three or four months now. I haven't really had anything, so I wonder what it would it's, do.
1: Uh, it shows you take care of yourself.
0: Yeah, it's just like it's tough to kind of commit myself to going out and drinking and stuff like that. Although it's fine. I mean, it's fine depending on what you'd like to do. But the next morning I got to get up at six and go work out. Like, it's just not, yeah. th- those two things don't, Um. they don't pair nicely. You know, your workout, yeah. your workout's going to be shit if you're hungover. Um. or you're not even going to go. So I just kind of stay away from it. Who knows? It's not like I had, I didn't stop because I had a problem, which I think some people do. Um. But I just stopped because I was like, eh, it's not really going to, it's not really gonna do it for me, like it's not gonna uh improve my life whatsoever, so I just cut it out but um we'll move on. we'll move on to the uh to the actual topic of the podcast, which is of course the premier league um that's the topic of the podcast until the premier League ends, and then Matt and I are kind of shit out of luck we're gonna figure out <laughs> what uh, what we're gonna switch things to um but there's plenty of other sports and and world news that that we'll move ourselves back to um this game Leeds United versus Tottenham does have some European implication I believe because Tottenham are kind of vying for a Europa League spot at this point not not going to get themselves into the Champions League um they've fallen out of contention for the Champions League um after that year where where they made the final against Liverpool um so kind of kind of really bizarre but Leeds managed to upset Tottenham Tottenham were the odds-on favorites heading into the game. Uh, Stuart Dallas, Patrick Bamford, and Rodrigo, the goal scorers for Leeds, the usual suspects, of course, uh, with the exception of Rodrigo, who hasn't gotten a ton of time this year after his transfer. Um, But Sung Huang Min was the score for Tottenham in the 25th. That was one that drew them level with Leeds. um, But Leeds, ultimately, much stronger, better performance, more solid, uh, Tottenham playing with a interim manager still, so I'm sure they're they're more focused on setting themselves up next season instead of you know <clears throat> figuring out where they're going to be this season. Uh, what do you think about this game? Because I think Tottenham looked really
1: bad. Yeah, it just showed they were just lacking that motivation in this game. I was surprised that Deli Alley got the start here. I guess Ryan Mason's uh, loosening up with him, giving him some minutes. I didn't realize that he grew his hair out that long. Yeah. He looks completely different now to where his short hair. But, um, yeah, it was just not very motivated. I mean, he's kind of found his back line there. Uh, Regalon had a big mistake that led to uh, a goal for Leeds. And, I mean, they didn't ever look back. I mean, now, I, I looked at the stats here, and then I scrolled over, and this, this stat came up, and I didn't even realize that Leeds did this. It said, uh, Leeds became the first side to remain unbeaten at home in the Prem against Each of Arsenal, Chelsea, Liverpool, City, United, and Spurs in a single season. So they never lost to the top six uh, this year at home, which is crazy. So that just shows uh, Bielsa and his tactics and how the team believes in their manager and what they can do. And I think it'll be very interesting once they get uh, a big influx of money. Uh, into their transfer budget, so yeah. I'm looking forward to what they can do. Their season's pretty much wrapped up. They can't really do much more than what they're doing now. Um, they're going to have to win out if they want to get into like that eighth, seventh. But it's looking very unlikely with Arsenal picking up a solid win over Chelsea. So uh, for Spurs, though, this is very bad timing for them to drop points. They do still have uh, game three games left uh, uh compared to some other teams above them but it's not looking very good for them and I think it's a bad time for Ryan Mason to take over the club at such a critical time in the season.
0: Yeah. Um something we're, I'm going to head back to Leeds quick to talk about this. Something worth noting about Leeds I think is that towards the end of the season um especially towards the end but also towards that middle point um They have struck the balance, I think, between the counterattacking and buccaneering offense and um, solid defense. Uh, I don't want to say that their defense is solid now, but it does seem to be much more sturdy than it was in those early weeks, um, early midweeks as well, when they were letting up a lot of goals. And I think that's really important. Um, I will be curious to see if this lead season was more of a novelty um but we're going to have to wait till next season to see that obviously i just uh, i don't think teams have figured them out still you know what i mean yeah. i know, i know there's not i know that uh ryan mason's not like a, a tactician or anything like that he's he's an interim manager of course um but they aren't they're dynamic and depending on who they go up against i mean they always kind of seem to be in the game even if they're not even if they're not winning or, or even drawing they there's never a game that i watch Leeds and say they're not in it that they, they just they have a grit that I don't think that I think a lot of teams, even teams in the top six, including Tottenham and Arsenal to a degree, that they don't have that grit. So I think that's really important. And I'll be they're my team to watch for next season. I think they could break into the like the, the top six.
1: Yeah, and I'm looking here now and they rank fourth in possession this season at fifty five percent in the mm-hmm. whole league, only behind City, Liverpool and Chelsea, which makes sense. So they're a side that loves controlling the ball uh surprisingly even though you're talking about their counterattack style that just shows how dynamic they are mm-hmm. um as a club so yeah like you said i'm really looking forward to what they can do in the summertime transfer wise uh and then also when it comes to the games
0: yeah all right moving on to the next game that has european um wow, what's the word not complications implications, implications. i was gonna say complications um we have Manchester City and Chelsea. Oh, quickly, by the way. Um the other game that happened on May eighth. There's two other games, but um the shitty one was Sheffield United nil, Crystal Palace too. That doesn't matter. Sheffield's going down, they've been going down, and Palace mid table kind of, you know, irrelevancy. Um but back to, to City and Chelsea. This was, I mean, this was a fantastic game. It was very entertaining to watch. Right before the stroke of halftime, Raheem Sterling put City ahead. The halftime whistle blew. Teams came out. It was kind of just eh steady until the 63rd when Hakim Ziyech, who I thought at one point would be an outcast, managed to get one back for Chelsea in the 63rd. It wasn't until the 92nd minute stoppage time when Marcos Alonso <clears throat> scored one to seal three points for Chelsea. An important three points because they would go on to lose to a team that they are much better than in Arsenal. What do you have to say about this game? Because I was thoroughly entertained.
1: I thought it was crazy that you left out the failed Penenka by Aguero. Before I forgot that. about I that. All that. That was one of the ballsiest things he's done. That's probably the last penalty he'll ever take for the club. Um and it was it was terrible. Mendy read it so well. Mendy uh signing of the season I would say for Chelsea. He's up there right now, top two at least at the club, let alone the league. But um yeah, I don't know. I thought it was a well rounded game. Uh the boys really held down in the back. It was there was some cases where uh one of the outside center backs would stay close to a winger and then the space would open behind so very, very key one-on-one duels, one in the back line. Um, I think this was the match that Christensen pulled up at halftime. He had a bit of a hamstring issue, uh, which led to the Zuma penalty that wasn't given. Or no, that was later on. But Zuma did come in, and that, that penalty late in the second half, I think the 88th minute, that wasn't given, that should have been given, I would say, in my opinion, even though I'm glad Chelsea won. I think that should have been a penalty. Crazy to think VR didn't VAR didn't uh, overturn the ref's decision. Uh, but the momentum carried and Alonzo did score the winner and it was very good. I mean, that's the, the last two times we played the city now have been wins. Um, controversially, you could say for some of those moments, but a win in a, a win is a win at the end of the day. Uh, and I think we can carry that mo- motivation onto the Champions League final against them. So yeah, uh, over, overall, I thought it was a great performance. Uh, Werner did well. Um, Havertz, did Havertz get in this game? No, he didn't. No, he didn't uh, play. Yeah, Pulsich had a few moments, but Overall, I thought it was a great performance. I was really happy with Billy Gilmore in there, too. He's, he's think,
0: great, man. He's really young, too.
1: Yeah, I was surprised he got the start uh, in such a huge match uh, against one of the best sides in Europe right now. So that's great experience for him. And, yeah, I'm looking forward to this Saturday in the FA Cup final against Leicester.
0: Yeah, that'll be really interesting. Um, we were talking about that this morning on, like, the fifth tee. I think that could be a really fun watch. So I'm looking forward to that as well. Uh the the Miss Panenka I think is kind of what like sealed that game for Chelsea. The the tide switched. When you have a player that does that because he's so confident in himself, yeah. I think the rest of the team gets pissed off. Like give yeah, it kind give of yourself a, a decent basketball. shot. Like don't handicap yourself. It it is that's what it is, right? It's disrespect. So if you just take a regular old penalty, I'd say your chances of it going in are higher. I don't know why even being up one nil. One nil? That's the most dangerous score of the game. Come on. That's not enough. If you're gonna do a Panka, you're up three nil? Alright, fine. I can I can hear it. But even then it's disrespectful. When you do that, I just think that you lose so many you lose so much. Like you're losing your team, especially if you miss it. I don't care how long Aguero's been there he he's been out this season he hasn't played much he's not their guy so i just think he probably lost some of the dressing room after that happened um and that's not to say that chelsea didn't play fantastic i mean it was it was a really good result for them so good luck for uh, for chelsea moving on we have liverpool versus southampton liverpool managed to win 2-0 i was a little bit unsure of this game but i did manage to or i did end up taking Liverpool. Um, so Mane actually got himself on the score sheet after quite a drought. Not a lot of goals for Mane this season. He's become more of a passing player, so it was good to see him Excuse me, get on the score sheet. And then Thiago added another one in the 90th to make sure that there was no chance of Southampton taking any of those precious points. Liverpool looked sharp in this game, um, at least sharp when you compare them compared to what they played like in some of their other um, fixtures, most of their other fixtures this season. Uh, Southampton, you know, not, not getting battered, but just not really a great performance, not a lot of scoring here. So um, I don't have much else to say about that one. That's It's it's good for Liverpool to, to be winning these games uh, towards the end of the season. They want to make sure that they're at least in some sort of European position.
1: Yeah, I mean, they have the most games left out of any team right now. They still have four matches, uh, including the match today against United, the rescheduled one due to the protests and that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I did see there were some protesters again, but the they actually have police ready there. They're not off guard anymore, so that's good to see. So I think the match will be carried out today. Um, but yeah, I think Liverpool will have the best shot to make a push into the top four out of any club outside of the top four currently. Um, they have two games on, in hand on Chelsea who are in that fourth position currently. So if they can win their two in hand, they'll only be one behind us. And you never know in the Premier League. Some of these games, things happen. VAR is always a thing that can mess yeah. you up. Um, but yeah, I, I think Liverpool this is a big win for them. Carry on into the match today. Yeah, like you said, I think it's desperate uh, for Klopp to get into one of those spots because if they don't, they won't have any European competition and that's what attracts those big star players and they're not going to have that pull if they don't finish in there. So uh, today is a very crucial match against their arch rivals. So I'm really interested to see how it plays out.
0: Yeah, I will also be interested to see how all that pans out. It'll be really... Um, I, don't, I don't really know what to expect, to be honest with you. So I'll be really curious. Um, mm-hmm. I think I picked united i'm pretty sure i picked united because the game yeah
1: you picked picked united i went with liverpool okay
0: yeah so we'll have to see uh your dad said he'll be watching right yeah awesome okay moving on we have wolves two brighton one this game has absolutely no bearing on the state of the table both of those teams um Well, Wolves kind of uh, towards like the bottom of the mid table and then Brighton are right above the drop zone. It looks like they'll be staying up. I think they have secured
1: uh, their their safety, right? Yep. Everybody above the relegation zone is in the clear. So nobody has anything to worry about these last few matches.
0: Yep. So now it's just time to kind of try out who you have. See if you can get anything uh, going uh, momentum wise for the beginning of next season. I always like to see um, the younger players. They usually get in uh, in some of these fixtures. So it'll be really cool to see. I don't know if Brighton really has a ton of young players, but some of the academy guys um, usually break in for uh, the bigger clubs. Uh, But yeah, that was a 2-1 win for Wolves, who I think I picked. Uh, Moving on, we have Aston Villa 1, Manchester United 3. Villa did get themselves a red card um, that was late on in the game, but I wanted to mention that uh, Bertrand Traore was the first scorer in this game, managed to get himself one in the 24th, and then an absolute masterclass by Manchester United, who have just become fantastic at coming from behind and securing wins. Uh, Bruno Fernandes with a penalty in the 52nd, his bread and butter, Greenwood in the 56th, and then Edinson Cavani, who is in absolute Lightning form right now. Got himself one in the 87th. Manchester United were the dominant team. Dominated both possession and chances. Seven shots on target to Villas. Five, 18 shots to Villas, 11. There was a couple... um, Oh, that wasn't this game. That was a different game. Um, There was a couple really solid chances for Villa. They just couldn't convert. And then that second half onslaught by Manchester United... I just don't know how you can stop a team that is that dedicated to coming back in the second half. They've done this time and time again this season. We've been seeing it from that midway point on. Um, they have done it in Europe. They have done it in uh, the Premier League. I mean, these guys, they don't quit. And that's a really, really, really important um like, I don't want to say feature, I don't know, ability, right? It's very important for a top six club or a top four club, whatever you want to call them. They are in the top four now um, to be able to do that and and constantly come back against teams that of course they shouldn't be losing to in the first place, but also teams that have bested them in the first half. So I think that's, you know, really telling of, of what they have in store for them next season. United, I think are going to be a serious contender, um, this helps to cement their Champions League spot as well. So it's a good win for United and unfortunate for Villa.
1: Yeah, I'd like to say that uh, Mason Greenwood, I would say, is probably the most informed player currently in the yeah. league, uh, including the game we'll recap in a little bit. Uh, the Leicester game, he scored six goals in six games, which is nutty. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if he scores today, makes it seven and seven. Um i thought early on like carrying over from the previous season because this time last year he was doing the same exact thing he was doing now and it's just it died off and now we're in the spring early summer period and he's starting to pick it up again um i don't think he'll make the euro squad by any means but not even close compared to the town england has they're the odds on favorite currently i think of them in uh france right now but um yeah, United's United's got great character built into their squad and can learn how to come back in that. They just have to deal with a few a few transfers that need to solidify some key positions and they also have to deal with some injuries and whatnot. Uh, I'll be interested to see what they do with De Gea in the summer because Dean Henderson's kind of slowly sliding into that new starting role and De Gea might have to find a new club somewhere. I don't know yeah. where he'd go because he's been at United for I think nine years now, eight, nine years.
0: Back to Spain, I reckon.
1: Yeah, I don't know. He might go there, which would make sense. Or maybe he'll try out a different country. But um yeah, I mean, you know, he look solid. They look very solid. And uh Harry Maguire's out after the he got injured in the mm-hmm. Leicester game. So they're gonna they openly said he's out the rest of the Prem season. They're pressing him for the Europa League final, which makes sense. That's what they need to play for. Yeah. Uh to win some sort of silverware this year.
0: Yeah, uh I think that they have probably the best chance of winning it. I don't, I don't see uh, although Valencia are, are a solid side, I don't see them uh beating this United team, especially not with all their players in form right now. Um they kind of squeaked by against Arsenal, who are a, a much worse team than United. So Yeah. Um interesting. But moving on, we have West Ham nil Everton 1. West Ham vying for a Champions League spot. Oh, they were especially um, before this game. They were trying so hard; they would have had 61 points instead of the 58 that they have now, which would have put them only three points behind Chelsea, who did just drop points to Arsenal. So there was, you know, th- there was a chance within these last few weeks um, that there could be a swing, right? That that West Ham could manage to get themselves into fourth and secure the spot, but they should. I mean, one of the so so. Here's how it works. I think right. You'll have to correct me if I'm wrong. If Chelsea or City, because it's going to be one of them, right? Win the yep. Champions League, they gain automatic entry to the next Champions League. We know that. Yep. But does the fifth place team then get entry because they're the four? Those are the four prem teams that gain qualification, right? Or no?
1: Yeah, I think the fourth position it enters a playoff system or a qualifier match okay. to get in. And I would say if Chelsea finish in fourth but also win the Champions League, then definitely fifth would take that playoff uh, position, and okay. and the Europa League position would move down as well. Right. I don't know if that's the same thing in the FA Cup as well. I don't know if the FA Cup has anything to do with European qualification either, whether that's the Europa League or the Champions League, but. I definitely do think that no matter what, fifth place is gonna most likely be in the Champions League spot. So okay. I think that's good news for all those teams from fifth to ninth, including Arsenal, because West Ham's on fifty eight, Arsenal's on fifty five, so it's up for grabs that fifth position.
0: Yeah, so we'll have to see. I mean, it's it's kinda tight there, right? Between West right. West Ham, Tottenham, Everton, and Arsenal. Uh, Tottenham with 56, as well as Everton 56, and then you have West Ham and Liverpool both on 58, and then Arsenal on 55. Yeah. So it would be not. I, I'm happy with just Arsenal qualifying for Europa. I mean, if if they could somehow get this crazy point swing and qualify for the Champions League or at least Champions League playoff spot, I mean that would be fantastic. I don't know if I see that happening, um, but that's actually an interesting thing to to pay attention to and see how that pans out um I want to I that's I'm glad that we we talked about that because I was talking about it with somebody else um this week and we weren't we weren't exactly sure we couldn't find a direct answer about how um how placements work if one of your your teams win um the CL and obviously it's going to be one of the teams right it's Chelsea and City they're both Premier League teams so that's good that's a good thing same um,
1: thing goes for if United wins Europa League because that's then an automatic qualification for the Champions League
0: Right. Exactly. So I mean, so you
1: might you might even see six teams in England qualify for England or for Champions League.
0: Yeah, that's true.
1: So the top eight even might make European football. Wow,
0: that could be really interesting then.
1: So everybody might win, but one team.
0: Right. Oh man, maybe Arsenal will. Maybe Arsenal will get themselves into uh, into a Champions League spot.
1: I hope they will. Got to root. Got a root for United then. Oh, I am.
0: I'm I'm getting bet heavily on them to win uh, against Valencia. Okay, moving on, we have Oh no, did we talk about West Ham Everton or no? No.
1: Not really. It was I mean, you you touched on it to open and then you went on the tangent, but yeah. West Ham didn't even register a shot on target in this no, game. No, it was terrible. But they but they dominate possession. Uh, Lingard's form's kind of dried out a bit now. It's tough. It's tough to carry on that form like other players in the past have done. So for an extended period of time but uh, Everton's kind of a rugged team that uh, is dealing with a few injuries here and there but uh, Allen's been back and he's been an absolute fiend in the middle just cleaning things up uh giving them possession in key positions but yeah it was a boring game Everton did nick it uh with a DCL goal um not much else to really add I mean it's very poor from West Ham right now they're pulling a the are pouring Leicester from last season, just slipping at the wrong time. Choking. And I mean, Liverpool's in prime position right behind them, two games in hand uh, to really just take advantage of it. So I'd be really upset to see West Ham lose this uh, opportunity that rarely comes around.
0: Yeah, I would be too. I'm hoping to see them in European competition. It'd be really nice to see them in the Champions League. That'd be sick. A quick um,
1: update, Man United just scored. Oh, 1-0, babe. Bruno Fernandez. Not a penalty? I do not. It doesn't say, but I bet on him to score. I just need nine corners now for 50.
0: Oh, that's big. What would you bet? 10? 5?
1: Yeah, I put 10 on it. I was that's just a l- messing around. Bruno and over nine corners.
0: Yeah, all right. Uh, moving on, this game could have European implications. Arsenal 3, West Brom 1. Emil Smith-Rowe got his first Premier League goal for Arsenal after registering many assists and putting in many good shifts. Um, he scored in the 29th. Pepe scored in the 35th. Uh, and then Westbrook managed to get one back. I was a little bit afraid at this point, thinking, oh, my God, are we going to choke this? Thankfully, we managed to keep it together, and Willian scored his first goal in an Arsenal shirt. God, he is such a fucking... He is so old. But what an absolute banger of a free kick. He is a free kick merchant. I've been saying that for years. Yep. Um, but it was nice. It was It was good to see him score... I don't know if he'll if he'll be retained by Arsenal or if he'll be no. moving on. I think he'll probably be moving on, and that's fine by me. Um, I think he could actually give service to either a smaller club in England or a club overseas, perhaps in Spain um, or even France. I think Williams got gas left in the tank. I just don't think he can cut it. Um, he, he's just not making it into this Arsenal team.
1: Yeah, and Mikhail Arteta did come out in an interview pre match conference uh, openly saying that he believes some of those players haven't given their all this season. Mm-hmm. And I do believe Williams, one of those players that they brought in for, they brought him in on a free, but they pay him such a high wage that yeah. uh, warrants uh, much needed performances out of him. So he hasn't been uh, living up to the mark. And there's a few other players in there as well. And also, you guys have been dealing with injury issues. I know Tierney didn't make his return in the Chelsea game, which showed. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, you guys are showing up and you're seeing the young players in the squad shine. They're the guys that are young. Uh, some would say naive, but they're just giving their all every single game. When their name's on that sheet, they are just going out there and balling out the hardest they can and not worrying about anything past that game. And, uh, Smith had a nice little goal. Soccer created a great opening on the wing. And then you had Pepe score an absolute scorcher in the top corner. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it's it's good to see these key players score. I mean, Pepe's your uh, transfer record, right? I think you guys got him for like sixty seventy mil.
0: Yes, he is mm-hmm. the highest, sixty four. I Think it
1: was. Which I, sometimes I forget about it because he has forgettable performances for a guy that's been purchased at that value. So, I mean, Arsenal are in great form right now. Three three straight wins in the league, uh, keeping keeping or I should say they're scoring a lot of goals uh, in in these matches as well. So uh great signs heading into the last two weeks for him.
0: Yeah, really uh nice to see things looking up for Pepe. He's had a pretty solid um like end second half of the season. I think he's been he's been playing um more towards what I would expect from him. So that's really nice to see. Um and I'm just hoping everybody stays healthy and that next season's much better. Uh ESR great, really really solid. Um keeps putting in awesome shifts. So it was good. He scored again um, in the next match. So
1: that yeah, was, that was then, great too. And then uh, this this match resulted in West Brom getting relegated and Big Sam for the first time in his career getting relegated.
0: Yeah, pain. First time in his career. That's insane. He did say he was interested in sticking with the team. Did you see that?
1: Yeah, that makes sense. I mean that that team and what they're structured as is kind of a Big Sam. Uh, comparison i think they gel well together i'm not i'm not used to seeing player like i don't see mateus pereira sticking around there there's no way he'll he'll end up staying in the championship next season he is definitely premier league quality if not uh european quality so uh interesting to see who they keep i'm sure they'll have to sell a few to keep their budget uh in under check but yeah i think big sam fits the west brom the west brom style
0: yeah that'll be awesome uh, hopefully he sticks with them and maybe they'll come back up. Although I hate West Brom, so whatever. Fuck them. Somebody,
1: uh, might, somebody might call him up in January. You know somebody gets sacked by Christmas.
0: Yeah, that is always what happens. Christmas Day sack. Fulham nil. Burnley 2 is the next one. Burnley further cementing themselves uh, into safety and Fulham actually guaranteeing themselves going down. It was a sad scene very
1: sad it's 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 incredible because when we watched that game live uh together on the stream liverpool Liverpool, we thought they played exceptional they did great and ever since that match they have just crumbled i know we cursed i think it's absolutely it's not their style that's changed like they play great style of football and like they have good guys come off the bench it's just they do not have anybody that can finish in front no of the net. No finishing.
0: I know. That is true. That, that has been downfall
1: all season. Not even talking about the last couple of matches. Just all season. I mean, they have the second lowest goal, goals for amount right in front of Sheffield at 25. So, yeah. when when West Brom is scoring more goals than you, you have a major problem.
0: Yeah, I agree. And And they were. Even those games that they looked good in, we thought they played exceptional. They were scraping. They were scraping by. And I think we overlooked the fact that they couldn't put more than one or two in per game, and that is ultimately their undoing. I don't think that um, their their defense, you know, did a great job of bailing them out in those games that uh, in those games that where they couldn't finish, but. I don't think you can put all the blame on on the defense, and usually it is. That's who, that's who you blame, right? When a team goes down, you say, "Oh, it was the defense." But Fulham yeah. just couldn't score. I mean, that's the tale of their that's the tale of their season. Very unfortunate too, because I just think they have so much talent. And I think that they just I don't know. They felt like sometimes when I watched them, I was like, "Ah, oh, they're good. They're all right. They're going to stay up," and they just had a really terrible uh, last like ten match weeks.
1: Yeah, I, I'm I'm 100 sure that uh, Scott Parker is going to stay with the club, and I I, so. I I think they're strong contenders to bounce back after one quick season. So, yep, yeah, and I mean they they should because they're going to have a swing, swimming pool in their stadium.
0: Yeah, that's true. Mm. <clears throat> Alrighty, moving on. This was match day 32, a rescheduled match between Southampton and Crystal Palace. This went off on May 11th. Southampton won three to one. Danny Ings with a brace. Che Adams in the 48th. Benteke was the one that opened the scoring in this game, though. Um, Palace went ahead, but Southampton rallied back. A good performance um, after losing 2-0 to Liverpool. Nice bounce back. Good to see the Southampton can get a couple shots in when they need to. Uh, but not really much implication as far as the table goes. Things are kind of just settled around in those areas. So we'll move on to some uh two more important matches. Manchester United won Leicester City two. Leicester City topping or uh, stopping the tailspin uh that they were in. Uh Manchester United actually did once again come from behind to level it, but this time uh Kaglar Soyuncu or Soyunku, however you say his name, I've heard it both ways, um actually sealed a win for Leicester. So they stopped that tailspin. United taking a little bit of a hit in the league. Not a ton of shots on target from United. This was kind of an uncharacteristic uh, day from them. It, they definitely didn't look like they were in, at their best. So, Liverpool, nice to see... Uh, Leicester City, rather. Nice to see them uh, bouncing back a little bit because they were, they were sliding pretty brutally. Um, but I don't have a ton to say about this. Um, the, the two teams didn't... They didn't swap spots in the table, right? No, because... Everybody, Leicester. everybody
1: held up in the same spots. Yeah. yeah, Leicester, Leicester just moved back ahead of Chelsea mm-hmm. uh, into third. They switched spots again. But I, I, Man United sold this game. They gave Leicester the game as soon as the lineups came out because uh, it's not it's not always fault or any of those guys Like with the match scheduling. I think United got absolutely shafted uh, by their own fans yeah. due to the protesting because the Liverpool game being rescheduled to today uh was put in between this match and uh their match on the weekend. So they had to play four games in 7 days, which is absolutely unheard of and is unjust to the players and the staff because that gives you no time to prepare for your opposition whatsoever. Um one to two days max, but yeah, I mean they had to rest players uh for the current match against Liverpool and you had I think seven or eight changes in this team, maybe even more. Uh, you had guys like Juan Mata starting uh yeah Brandon Williams get in there De Gea got a rotation in uh some youngsters you, this I think this was Diallo's uh debut start uh since joining from Atalanta yeah uh he got a an assist to Greenwood um he was their striker for the game but I thought they played pretty well for going up against uh an almost full strength Leicester team um only missing Barnes and uh, James Madison came off the bench. So. You could say they did well, but yeah, Leicester should have won this game. And I got baited. I'm more upset because I got baited into a boost for United to win, and then uh, over two and a half, um, got baited into that. And as soon as I saw the lineups, I was like, "Well, I'm fucked right here." Yeah. But yeah, I mean, that's that's a huge motivation for most motivation boost for Leicester because they were on the downturn uh, with a draw and a loss going into this match, and. Uh, a win here is huge for them because, like I said, they play Chelsea in the FA Cup final this weekend. Um, very key for them to win some silverware uh, for the club because I don't think they've won any any silverware since the the Prem five years ago. Yeah. So that'll be nice to see for their club, but uh, I'd like to see my club win it, though. So
0: Yeah, uh, we'll have to see about that. But uh, let's move ourselves on. Chelsea nil, Arsenal won. Your club, I mean, <laughs> down bad. <laughs> down bad.
1: This game was so chalked, man. Chelsea I mean,
0: should have won this one, buddy.
1: This The first 10 to 15 minutes, I thought, was pretty fair. I think yeah. we handled our business. For sure. And then I, Kai Havertz, nine minutes in. Uh, your boy Mar- Pablo Mari in the back gets absolutely caught with his hand in his pants. <laughs> he sucks, um, dude. He sucks. Havertz, Havertz on the cleanest breakaway I've ever seen uh, this season for any team. Uh, he fucking skies it eh. over a planted Leno. I was like, just all he had to do was just touch it by him, and he was in. Just do it. Just do a signature Fernando Torres around the goalie. But he fucking skies it, and then five minutes later, my man, my man Jorginho who I've had terrible feelings for this whole season. <laughs> yeah, There are times where I'm like, okay, he's doing all right. But overall, I just do not like him. He absolutely just passes it to Kepa, who's nowhere in the goal. And he has to make a diving save. And then it's absolute f- fuckery. And Smithrow and Aubameyang countered on it perfectly. Yep. And they, they got the nice goal. And then, and then from there, the tactic was fucked because Arsenal were just packing it in, really. Yeah, I mean, they, that's all they had to do they they had part they had parts a and el, uh el nanny just chilling in front of the center back pairing and yeah. it was almost impossible to break through we needed something we needed something to break for us and it just it never came we had great opportunities but arsenal did a very nice job to secure all three points which i think they needed more than we did yeah huh that's fair because, because we are looking the, our remaining schedule is looking favorable for us, so regardless if we win the Champions League or not, I think it's fair to say we will get a Champions League position next season. I think it's safe to say that. Yeah. But for Arsenal's sake, I would say congratulations to them. They're in good form. Aubameyang um, got in this game, who has kind of been lacking it. I think he's been having like some late fees to pay because he's showing up to games late. And yeah. I, and um uh, misbehavior misbeha- uh, issues so i think from him being the captain he needs to lead by example we did touch on earlier that the young players of the club are stepping up in Saka and Smith Rowe and Martinelli so i think he needs to show a better uh better character and be a better leader for those guys to follow in the future
0: yeah i'll be I'll be curious to see how everything kind of pans out next season. I don't know. I mean, I know Aubameyang just signed his contract and everything, but I have a strange feeling that he's not going to be here as long as he thought he was. Um, yeah. especially if they if they pick, you know, if they opt to stay with Arteta over Aubameyang because I think those two kind of butt heads. Um uh, we saw earlier this season, I think that was the North London Derby that where that happened. Um where he was late didn't show up. So we'll have to see. I'll be really curious about that. Um but yeah, great win. I was really happy to see it. Uh obviously another one for Smith Rowe. He's been really good. I think he's a grinder. We we're talking about we love a grinder and I think Smith Rowe is a grinder. Uh, and I really like the way he looks. At pairing, Odegaard and Smith-Rowe is actually really solid. They're kind of similar players. I think Smith-Rowe is a little bit more committed to winning the ball than Odegaard is. I think Odegaard's been a little spoiled. Um, he doesn't necessarily have those same work rates, uh, but I think he's more talented with the ball at his feet than Smith-Rowe is. So uh, we'll have to see. I- I'm really curious to see if Odegaard... If we buy out a guard, or if he just goes back and and dips, um, but I I think he's shown some some really uh, promising performances to us too. So we'll have to see. This was a great I mean, team, by the way, that that Arsenal put out. I like this.
1: Yeah, I think they might extend him another year on the loan. What they did with Ceballos this uh, last season, they yeah. can might go with an extra year on that and. I feel like they really need to shore up their fullback positioning because, I mean, we did see the last few matches, Xhaka had to play left back, so you never want to see somebody drastically play at a position like that. Yeah. Uh, there have been some where Rob Holdings out there, and you don't want to see him out there with his pace.
0: He is just so slow. He's like Mertzacker light. He's so slow.
1: Yeah, because there's there's talks about Bellerin being replaced, and I, I think we've mentioned Max Aaron's from Norwich coming back into the Prem. He might be a good signing. Uh, we've yeah. talked about. Uh, Lamptey out there, mm-hmm. maybe he's better as a wing back role uh, if Arsenal want to go to a three back formation. Oh, imagine he, he played perfect in there. I don't know if Arsenal will ever do that. They, they're going to need serious depth at center back if they want to do that. Yeah, um, and uh, I mean, I mean, they they have this strong midfield. They they like their two holding mids in front, which would not work in a three back formation because you need somebody holding there and somebody uh, pushing forward into a more box to box attacking role. So. I don't know. It'll it'll do. It's all up to the squad depth and what the current manager sees and visions for the club. Uh, He's openly said that there's only so much he can coach into them, and he he's mainly he's just paraphrasing that he needs money, he needs an influx of money to go into the transfer budget or to the transfer market. That's true. And that's all going to depend on where they finish in the league. If they don't finish in a European spot, it's going to be tougher for him to lure in guys, or potentially even negotiating contracts, because if the players don't see a future uh, at the club in Europe, then they're not going to put pen to paper for long-term deals.
0: Yeah, and it looks like right now Arsenal are the leading candidate to sign uh, Camavinga, uh, the French national. A lot of looks at him. I'd be really, really thrilled to to see him come, uh, come in and play for Arsenal. But that's going to be... Arsenal,
1: uh, Arsenal loves a good Frenchman.
0: We do. Uh, always have. I think he's going to be very expensive, um, but that would be a great move, especially if we can get him in young. Um, our our best players ever, I'd say, are French. Um, if you look at if you look at Perez and you look at Henri, um, who are my probably my two favorites.
1: Uh, Vieira.
0: Vieira is also was also French. Um, yeah. So we'll have to see. Um, that'll be really really interesting. Uh, if we can get Kamphunga, I'll be I'll be chuffed. All right, um, moving on. We had a game today: Aston Villa, Everton. I think I picked Villa. Game ended in a draw. Not a ton of implications uh, for Europe. Obviously, you have Everton in the eighth spot now. They stay level on fifty-six points. Uh, nothing's changing. Aston Villa still in eleventh. That game I didn't watch. But it appears to have been boring. There was quite a few uh shots, not a ton of shots on target and it looks like by what I'm seeing in the stats that um villa controlled the possession
1: sorry i was i was phased out I was looking at the when we were talking about the European qualifications. I was trying to like solidify what that was. It's saying that um If the FA Cup winners finish in the top five of the Prem, their UEL group stage place will go to the next highest ranked team not qualified for the UEFA competitions in the Premier League. So there you go. Yeah. So Leicester and Chelsea right now are in the top five. So whoever wins that match, the next team down will make it. So it's definitely going to look like a minimum of seven English teams will be in European competition next year.
0: Yep. Wow. That's insane, a minimum of seven that's nuts, well, all right, well, that is very interesting uh but yeah
1: that, go ahead yeah that that Villa game that finished uh, like an hour ago was pretty boring. nil nil, not many chances. uh Jack Grealish did get a fifteen to twenty minute span in there for his first appearance in a long time uh trying to get his legs wrapped up and get match fit for the rest of the season if Dean Smith sees fit. Or if uh just to get him ready for the Euros. So that that's great to see him back in there because a lot of people have them in their starting eleven for the England squad.
0: Yeah. Uh all right. Pardon me, I'm yawning. I'm very tired. I did a lot of physical activity today. Um going on right now is the Manchester United versus Liverpool match. I picked United. There was just a very strange VAR thing. Uh Liverpool were awarded a penalty and then it went to VAR. And it was overturned. So drop balls taking place. Uh, Manchester United looking good as of the 31st minute in which they are playing now. Uh, I think they're going to stick through and win. So we'll have to see. We'll talk about that next week. Um, But, yeah, uh, not really much else to say in terms of recap. We can move on to pre-cap or whatever you want to call it, preview. Pre-cap, I don't know. (laughs) The... The next uh the next match that we have to look forward to takes place tomorrow at three p.m Newcastle take on Manchester City I believe this game is at St James Park so a home game for Newcastle I don't necessarily think that means anything Newcastle are shit they're staying up but they're shit um i think uh I think city win this one yeah,
1: uh, City on the road are the best in the league. They've only given up nine goals away from home compared to them at home. They've given up almost double at seventeen. Uh, I mean, City have already walked, locked up the lead. So if Pepsi's that he doesn't need to play players, he might not because we have seen they heavily rotate rotate teams this season and they still do very well. Whereas Newcastle, I would say, are in pretty decent form compared to where they were. Seven eight weeks ago, when we were talking about them, I mean, I, I openly said I'll admit that they were going to get relegated, and they showed they proved me wrong with like the play of Joe Willock, absolutely clutch. I think he's got four in his last four. Uh, he could score here and make it five, which would be awesome. Uh, but I'm sure as soon as he goes back to Arsenal, he'll go back to being non-existent and not getting any play from Marteta. Uh, but yeah, I'm going to go with the City win here. Like you, like you said last week, it's pretty hard to bet against city at all so i'm gonna go with a man city win
0: okay interesting um that's good we're both on that or not interesting really but we're both on uh we're both on city that's good moving on we have burnley versus leeds i am with leeds especially after that good performance uh versus tottenham i think that they continue
1: this is a tough one um I don't really know. uh, Chris Wood's been popping off lately for Burnley, and Burnley as a team have been scoring a a decent amount the past couple weeks. So um, it's hard because there's one week where leads are popping off. The next week they're falling off. And it's very, very, very inconsistent uh, against the small clubs. They do well against the big clubs. I'll say that. But when it comes to teams uh, around their level in the audience's minds, uh, it's very tough, but uh, I'm going to go with a draw here. I'm going to okay. take a chance. I'm going to go with a draw. I mean, my picks literally mean nothing and now because I always go like three and nine every week, but uh, just to change it up, I'm going to go with a draw.
0: All righty. Moving on, we have Southampton and Fulham. Fulham not playing for anything, so I think Southampton win. Um, I could actually see this game being kind of hairy and weird. Yeah, uh, these games are always kind of hard to pick because you have really just—they're not the teams aren't playing for anything. Um, but yeah. I'm going to stick to my guns. My gut's telling me Southampton—that's what I'm picking.
1: I'm going to now that Fulham know they're relegated, there's no pressure on them, so I'm going to pick Fulham to win here. I think that that'll be funny. Uh, just for Scott Parker's sake as a manager, I think these are moments that they're going to cherish and try to remember for the next season in the championship. They're going to try to remember this feeling of Premier League football and uh, enjoying play together as a team. Uh, So I'm going to go with a full and win here.
0: All right, that's fair enough. I can see that. Um, Next one, Brighton and West Ham. West Ham, this is important that they manage to – or that they can keep themselves kind of level and steady. They're trying to win some points, make sure that they can – Uh, secure Europe as much as they can. So I think that they'll be playing hard here. Brighton not playing hard. They're the team that are right above the drop zone. Um, They seem to have some issues, locker room issues, um, issues between players, issues between coaches and players. So I'm with West Ham. I think they win this one handily.
1: Uh, I'm kind of the opposite here. I think the collapse is continuing with David Moyes and the club. Mm. uh and i think they're gonna start free falling in the table a little bit and i think brighton's the team to do that they play a decent style of football they know their identity as a club uh they are i will say terrible uh playing at home only three wins this season uh eight draws and uh i'm gonna go with the signature draw here for brighton
0: yeah all right cool uh crystal palace versus aston villa is the next one this one i see being a draw which i know may be a strange uh strange pick but that's what i see
1: uh, update in the liverpool game jota just hit the equalizer so it's one Ooh, 1-1. fancy you took a draw in the villa palace game yeah i did uh, I'm going to do this for the Mandem. I'm going to go with a Palace. <laughs> Palace win here. Uh, I, I Last week, I got baited into picking Palace against... Um, Who did they, they lose to last week? Oh, against Southampton, yeah. yeah. I, I was back in Eze and Saha. Uh, I think they'll do it this week. Uh, Villa are looking a little shaky. I don't Depending on uh, Jack Grealish's minutes, I don't know. But I'm going to go with a Palace win. Yeah.
0: All right. Cool. Next one: Tottenham and Wolves. This one could be Harry. I'm gonna go with Tottenham. I don't know why, but something's telling me Tottenham.
1: I'm gonna go Tottenham as well. I'm gonna I'm gonna gut check him. Uh, I think Harry Kane is gonna extend his his uh, lead uh, for the Golden Boot. Uh, he's gonna make a statement mark here in this game that he still is one of the best strikers in the league. Uh, he'll probably score at least two goals. Wolves have looked a little shaky. Uh, they did make that great comeback against, uh, Brighton last week, but I don't see that holding up here against a hungry Spurs side to make European competition.
0: Okay. Fair enough. I think that's fair. Uh, and we're in agreement that Tottenham will be the ones to win next one. West Brom and Liverpool, Liverpool having some strange palpitations or something like that. Um right now against Manchester United, maybe they'll manage to pull off the upset. I don't know, um, but they're also having palpitations in the table. they're moving up and forth rap- or back and forth rapidly, trying their best to stay in that fifth spot um because they would be the team that gets that extra champions league spot, as we've discussed. so I think that they still want to win. I think they are more concerned with winning now than they have been all season. So I'm gonna say that Liverpool win this game against West
1: Brom. Yeah, short and sweet. Liverpool win this game. Uh, the previous match did end in a one-one draw. Surprisingly, big win or big point for uh, West Brom there. But yeah, I don't see that holding up here. They don't. There's gonna be nothing to look forward to here. It's gonna be a long ninety minutes going up against the speed of Salah and Jota and potentially Mane up top. So i uh, not looking good for the baggies.
0: Yeah. All right. And the last one, last part of the show for us is Everton and Sheffield United. Everton win this game. Sheffield are, I think Sheffield could get relegated from the next division. They are that bad. So really? uh, I'm picking Everton. I, I actually don't think they're going to even be close to coming up next season. Like there's no it, way.
1: It's funny because they, they have three games left. And if they lose two of those three matches, they will be the uh, the leader, the first place in most losses in a campaign at thirty. They're currently on twenty eight. I Holy think the record fuck. is twenty nine, twenty nine by Ipswich Town the one year. Yep. So yeah, I definitely think they'll they'll hold that record. Uh, they've had an absolutely one of the worst campaigns. They've had a stinker. I mean, a real the stinker. I mean, it's it's very poor from them. But, yeah, I think Everton win this game. It'll be a nice little training session for them.
0: Okay. All right, that sounds good. That's everything from us this week, guys. I don't know if Matt has anything else to say, but I think I've said my piece about the Premier League. Um, That's all. That's all you're going to get out of me.
1: Um, we got NBA playoffs coming up. Should be interesting. The Sixers will lock up that one spot after tonight if they win. Yeah, hopefully. Uh, Hopefully they can do that. It'll look like they'll eventually play the winner of the Pacers and who's the ten seed? I think not the Hornets, right? Forget. Hold up. Either way, uh out in the West should be very interesting because you're gonna have the Lakers at a seven seed, which is scary, uh, for the Jazz or Suns, whoever finished in that two spot. Uh oh, the Wizards are in that ten spot right now. Yeah. So I wouldn't want to play the Wizards right now. Me Those guys neither, are scary. dude.
0: They're, str- they're absolutely streaking.
1: Yeah, had Russell Westbrook become the all-time leader for triple-doubles past uh, Oscar Robinson. So shout-out to him. Um, football, we had the NFL season released. Uh, Eagles, on paper, have the second easy schedule. But after half the team gets hurt, it will be almost impossible to win even a game. So that should be interesting. Uh, I think the Cowboys are heavily overrated. Every season, everybody thinks the Cowboys are going to run the table. I don't know why. We don't even know how Dak is going to operate off an absolute compound fracture. Yeah, defunct. So yeah. I don't know. There's a lot of things coming up here now. Uh, we talked about the Euros coming up. There's there's a lot of intern international competitions. We we'll have the Copa America, the, co- the Gold Cup, Euros. Uh, we have the Olympics. the The summer is going to be absolutely bonkers in sports and other things. So it's very exciting. Uh, sad to see the Premier League coming to an end, but the the nice thing about it is it, it is right around the corner as soon as it finishes early August. So uh, there's going to be a lot going on with the show, and hopefully you guys stay tuned.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it'll be awesome. Uh, I did want to say before we ended this, um, I saw the story this morning, brought a tear to my eye. It's, it's horrible. Um, Nine year old Liverpool fan Jordan Banks uh died tragically on Tuesday after being struck by lightning while playing soccer. Um this Ugh. this winter. He raised two point three thousand dollars for a mental health charity in memory of his uncle who committed suicide earlier this year. Um just terrible stuff. And I mean that that part especially touches home. Uh Damn. my uncle also committed suicide, so uh really tough, tragic to see uh to see somebody die, especially playing the game they love. I mean it was it was horrible. I read that I read that this morning. It was the first thing I saw when I woke up and I was like, what the fuck, dude? Um yeah. so yeah. Um thoughts yeah. Are, are with uh Liverpool fans sure. and the community and the family of uh of that, that poor young kid.
1: Yeah, that's one thing I like about the Premier League, they'll always uh recognize people like that and as soon as it happens that's one thing I love about the Premier League and mm-hmm. the clubs over there they recognize their fans heavily uh compared to some organizations over here
0: Yeah the uh the 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 players wore um the number 7 everybody in warm up today that was his number so so they were all wearing that I thought I awesome. thought that was really nice yeah Um th- kind of a shitty way to end it but I did uh I did want to bring it up because I just felt like uh it was worth mentioning. Just that is tragic. I mean, what the fuck? Nine years old, you die. Getting struck by fucking lightning, man. It's horrible. That is horrible, horrible shit. It makes yeah. you question, uh, what the fuck? Like just what the fuck. But um yeah, yeah. Thoughts and thoughts and prayers with the, the family mm-hmm. of Jordan Banks. Uh, but that's it. Sorry to end that on such a, a terrible note. I, I, I don't know. I don't know why I brought that up, but I just, I I was scrolling. Um, I have my notes over on my second monitor and I was scrolling and that was the one thing that I forgot to bring up. So I didn't want to, uh, I didn't want to not bring it up. Um, yeah, I forgot to, I forgot to tell you, you and your dad that this morning on the course, but yeah. Yeah. Well,
1: commiserations right. to his family and everything, but, mm-hmm. uh, uh, if you guys like the content you're seeing or hearing, make sure you guys follow us on all of our platforms, SoundCloud, Spotify, Apple Podcasts. If you're a visual watcher and you're watching us right now, hey, what's going on? Yeah. Uh, if you made it to this part of the show, you're an absolute baller. Indeed. Uh, a king on kings. Yeah. Uh, uh, hit the red subscribe button. The notification bell right next to it's absolutely free. Uh, let us know uh, what we can improve on. If you guys have any critiques or constructive criticism to say uh and then we have our socials at post 20 pod on twitter and instagram if you guys want to check out our old content or us live tweeting matches or whatnot during the week or stuff from our daily lives uh head on over there and give us a follow uh, and other than that uh thank you guys so much for listening slash watching Uh we'll be back next week with uh another signature show yeah can't wait I'll see you then, and thank
0: you guys all for watching. We will see you then as well. Take care of yourselves, and uh, see you later.